You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tuesday, December 21st, Just Baseball Show. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. Does my hair suck? No. See? It doesn't. I actually kind of like it. So I was looking at it last night, and this is what I compared it to. It seemed like you had just made your biggest big seller on the author list. I don't even know how really to explain that. You're a best-selling author. That's kind of what you look like. But it's not like that you've been that for a long time. It's like you just got your first book. And then you got the big haircut. That's what it seems yeah. like. Yeah. So I was wearing I was wearing this like thick gap sweater last night and yeah. I totally looked like a I looked like a hipster douchebag. And Sick, I though. think that was the vibe. Like if you walked into not a Starbucks, if you walked into a one off coffee shop in like downtown I don't know, let's say just in the Silicon Valley. Okay. You know, I'm the one person that lives in the Silicon Valley that's not in tech. Right, like I'm the author <laughs> that lives at home. Yeah, but you sits but in you a coffee li- shop. But you live the same lifestyle, and you associate with those same people. It's just that you have yeah. a different job title. Right, and I go home and I tell my wife, "I'm not like those people. I'm not like those people, but I'm almost worse than those people." Man, how's Florida? Did you enjoy Hard Rock Stadium seeing the shittiest football game ever? It wasn't that bad of a football game. For one reason and one reason only, the Jets covered ten and a half. I mean, that's what I care about. What a Sunday, three and zero, and then I just force it on Sunday Night Football. But Florida, it's hard to leave this place. You know, there's no taxes. You go to a store, and it's like, oh, this is five dollars. It's actually five dollars. It's not nine like it might be in New York City. Yeah. The weather is the weather is the weather is beautiful until it's not. But then it goes right back to being beautiful. But I will be in Santa Barbara tomorrow. And which you'll see some plain bathroom NFL picks for Tuesday night football. Cool. Um, but I got your Bears tonight. I know this always comes out the day after, but I like, you know, letting the people know what our thoughts are before we enter that conversation. Yeah, I, I don't have my Bears tonight. I think mm-hmm. uh, the Vikings are going to have six hundred yards. Eight, Plus no, seven. I think I think the Vikings are going to have six hundred yards of total offense, and I think five hundred and ninety of them are going to come through the air. No Jalen Johnson. No Eddie Jackson. Um, there's another corner that's not playing, but I haven't cared to learn that name. Um, the problem is they're not good, but the thing is, you know, what's weird since 2018, the bears are five for six 
against the Vikings. Not against the spread. Straight up winning the game. The Bears always play the Vikings really tough. And I feel like the Vikings have had better teams than this before. And the Bears have had worse teams than this before. Yes, true. I don't know. And the NFL is also a crapshoot. So we'll see. And the Bears are Uh, at home and they got to cover a touchdown. I'm not saying they're going to beat them out. I'm just saying I think they'll keep it close. You know, it's not going to be that entertaining of a football game if you really think about it. Okay, so if you needed to live in one spot for the rest of your life, is it Miami or is it Santa Barbara? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Not Miami. I like Boca Raton and Fort Lauderdale where I'm at right now. Probably over Miami. Yeah. (sighs) Santa Barbara, I mean, Santa Barbara's not the biggest baseball town. Um, I mean, you're two hours out of L.A., but at least being in South Florida, you're next to all the spring training stuff, and everything is a quick drive away. But California really is everything, too. I need more life experience before making a uh, definitive decision because I still do like New York City, even though we complain about it a lot. There's a reason I'm living there. I do like it. Yeah, the bodega. You like the bodega. I like the bodega. And I also saw there was a headline this morning that bodega, it was this hilarious headline that was actually sent from my friend. It was like, is the bodega adding big tech? (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I didn't read it because I was like, that's enough headline for me to even just like stay away for a little bit. I didn't read into the story even a little bit. Is that is that when the bodega adds Apple Pay? Is that big tech? No, I think it's, yeah. I mean, I, no, but they, my bodega has Apple Pay. I don't know what the big tech <laughs> development is, but I will say the bodega has everything else covered. So all they need to do is add big tech and they're a colossal giant. Your bodega sold out with Apple Pay, man. They're frauds. They don't stick to their guns. We've got another Hall of Fame episode coming your way right now. And now we start to get into the guys where where there's an actual argument to be made about him. I've got Billy Wagner, Omar Vizquel, and Roger Clemens today. Who are your three? I got Bobby Abreu, Scott Rowland, and Andy Pettit. Damn. The first two that I named are... I had so much fun writing these guys up because there are stats that you can pull up and you're like, wait a minute, they're on a short list of incredible players. But maybe those names don't jump out at you and you're like, oh yeah, no doubt, he's all of him. Or maybe like Roger Clemens might. But these guys, they they deserve as much consideration as anybody else. They're really good. Yeah, they're the best of the rest. Scott Rowland and Bobby Abreu, right? And and Billy Wagner, I think, is in the best of the rest. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a good time scratching my legal itch with Omar Vizquel and Roger Clemens. Um, mm-hmm. I really I enjoyed diving into, you know, with Clemens, his court case, Vizquel with the recent shit that, that he's gotten himself into. Uh, I enjoyed it personally. I'm sure they don't enjoy that because that mm-hmm. is their downfall now. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get into a certain clause in the Hall of Fame voting that's going to hurt them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I don't know. I've had such a blast doing the Hall of Fame stuff with you. Me too. Because I, I think that we just get into like the greater human truths of these guys. And we look right. at it in, in this 4D lens uh, that, you know, I, I think a lot of the voters do, but I don't think a lot of the voters are, are as transparent about. I think um, a lot of people just put out their ballot and say no questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of that. I, Me neither. I think that just baseball, I think that somebody involved with just baseball should get a Hall of Fame ballot down the road. Not right now, but like down the road. I'm saying 20 to 30 years from now, they should get one. How about and, a collective one where all of us get to actually decide and we do it live? Yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> let's change the game. Let's yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just think that we've got a, a group of people that work with just baseball that think about this – 
uh, by attacking it from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I think that's a very fun thing to do. And what's so much fun about this is the Hall of Fame is celebrating the history of baseball. So as we've gone through all of these different players, starting as early as 1970, going all the way up to the 21st century, we've really been able to celebrate the history of baseball and kind of tell a story through all these guys because that's what it's supposed to do. Hall of Fame is supposed to tell the story of baseball. So it's almost fun to do that exact thing by going over all these guys. Yeah, I all three of my guys have historical significance. All three of your guys have historical significance. I just saw. Absolutely. I just had a friend earlier today text me um, an article that I haven't read yet. It's from Stathead, and the title is "Player Batting Comparison: Tony Gwynn versus Bobby Abreu." Yep, I'm That's gonna get crazy. into it. You're gonna get into it. Okay. Uh, do you want to start? I I feel like we should end the pod with Clemens. I'm down to end the end the pod with Clemens. So why don't we just start right off the bat with Bobby Abreu. People sleep on Bobby Abreu big time. Abreu came up as a 22-year-old with the Astros, played the bulk of his career with the Phillies, and finished up with the Yankees, then the Angels, then the Dodgers over 18 seasons. On the surface, the accolades straight up don't cut it. He never finished in the top 10 of MVP voting. He was only a two-time All-Star and a singular gold glove in right field. But here's why Bobby Abreu should get your vote. Bobby Abreu finished with a career war of 60.5. That's ahead of players like Sammy Sosa, Yogi Berra, Mike Piazza, and Vladimir Guerrero. Bobby Abreu finished with a 395 on base percentage, which is higher than Tony Gwynn, Mark McGuire, Gary Sheffield, and Miguel Cabrera. Bobby Abreu finished his career with 288 home runs and 400 stolen bases. Of players in Major League Baseball history, only Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Craig Biggio, and Bobby Bonds can say the same. Bobby Abreu should be a Hall of Famer. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I... For some reason, and I think it's because my formative years in baseball came after he was his speed demon self. And you know what? He, he kind of kept the stolen bases going throughout the entirety of his career. I mean, when he was, mm-hmm. what, 36 years old, he had 24 bags. 35-year-old, he had 30 bags. I mean, you know, for some reason, uh, I just view Bobby Abreu as that angel and that dodger right? That was mm-hmm. just a little yeah. bit slower. He was that big burly guy, but I think that's because that's when we really fell in love with baseball and started Absolutely. watching Bobby Abreu. Um, but, I mean, if you just look back at what Bobby Abreu did with the Astros to start, and then the Phillies, obviously, if he gets in, he's going in as a Philly. I mean, this guy, like, this guy was one of the fastest dudes in the game. Also, something underrated you know, the power might not necessarily have been there. He did have a 30-homer season, but this guy had seven consecutive years from 2001 to 2009 of 100-plus RBIs. Yep. Seven about, consecutive years. How about this? Not even just the RBIs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive years of over 100 walks. And why I think that's, that is important, because I think in the early 90s or late 90s, early 2000s when he was really coming into his own on base percentage wasn't as valued as of a stat as it is now so I think when we 
look back with a new lens, you really start to appreciate the value that Bobby Abreu had. And also the thing with the voting, and Arm and I were just talking about this. Guys who clearly took steroids, the A-Rods, the Manny Ramirez's, maybe Bobby Abreu can get your vote now and you save A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, guys like that for another time because they can continue to be on the ballot. But Bobby Abreu should get one of those 10 votes because you have 10 votes on a ballot. And maybe let them sit for a little bit. They're not going to go off the ballot. This is A-Rod's first year. What do you think about that? I like because, it. Because I... we're about to give, we're about to probably say that 14 of these guys should be Hall of Famers. But you only have 10 votes. So when we actually do the vote at the end of all of this, I think if we have to leave somebody off, it might be A-Rod or Manny. And then we put Abreu there, not saying that A-Rod and Manny shouldn't be Hall of Famers. But they they should get in line, wait their turn for a guy like that. And another guy who I'm hearing gets so much love, so much love, is Jeff Kent, who we haven't covered yet, who I think should be a Hall of Famer. But Bobby Abreu objectively had a better career than Jeff yeah. Kent did in terms of war. I mean, the only thing that Kent really had more was home runs. Yeah. But Bobby Abreu clearly just had the better overall career. And I think, yeah, it's just all – Bobby Abreu is one of the better all-around players in baseball history. He could just do everything across the diamond. I mean – Saying one of the better, there are a lot of really yeah, good players. Yeah, that was a little time. aggressive. That was a little aggressive. But what I mean by that is there was nothing that I see in his stats when I watched him play that he was bad at. He was so well rounded, and you know it's hard to come by that. Yeah, he was a career two ninety one hitter with a three ninety five OBP. That's really impressive. I always look at. You know, when I look at plate discipline, yeah, obviously you look at walk rate, you look at zone control, you look at all the advanced stats that you possibly can. But the the most simple way to look at plate discipline is the difference between your batting average and your on-base percentage. And I love, 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 love seeing guys with an 100 point or more difference between batting average and on-base percentage. And that's what Bobby Abreu was. 395 for his While career. Hitting 290. While hitting 290, so you're a borderline 300 guy, and you're a 400 OBP guy. His career slugging clip, by the way, 475. There Mm -hmm. were consistently years that Bobby Abreu put up 300, 400, 500 as a slash line. That is an MVP candidate, 300, 400, 500. So Bobby Abreu doing this clean, by the way, clean in the steroid era, is really impressive. I He gets my vote too. And I like your idea of stockpiling votes. I've got this thought that I didn't know how to put into words until very recently. Like I'm talking this morning. I had no idea how yeah. to put my thoughts on the steroid conversation in. I'm going to get to it after I run through Clemens at the end of the pod. But like I, I figured out my way to, to a, kind of draw the line there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For steroid users. Um and and for Bobby Abreu, like that conversation's not there because he was doing all this without synthetic drugs. Like that's really and impressive. The, the longevity matters because a lot of oh, guys yeah. that we've been talking about too, they fell off 
or they only played 14 se- 13 seasons due to injuries. This is not the case. He turned in a Hall of Fame-worthy career, and you can see it when we talk about war the way he's ahead of those guys. I thought it was simply amazing. Arm and I were just going over some stats. The fact that he's one of five players in MLB history, MLB history, with 250 home runs at least and 400 stolen bases. One of five. Power-speed combo. That is crazy to me. That's the jam. That's the jam. Bobby Abreu. May not seem like it, but he should get your vote for the Hall of Fame. Omar Vizquel. (sighs) Omar Vizquel. Most gold gloves all time. Greg Maddox with 18. Jim Cott comes after with 16. Both pitchers. Brooks Robinson leads all position players along with Yvonne Rodriguez. Ozzie Smith had 13 as a shortstop. Roberto Clemente, Keith Hernandez, Willie Mays, and then Omar Vizquel. He's one of the top 10 defensive players of all time. Cott got in with the Veterans Committee this year. Keith Hernandez isn't in the Hall. Everybody that I just mentioned is in the Hall of Fame besides Omar Vizquel. He's the only other shortstop I mentioned besides Ozzie Smith. Omar Vizquel, not speaking speaking hyperbolically, is one of the best defenders in baseball history and the second best defensive shortstop ever. Ever. When you run into problems on the field is with him at the plate. He finished 123 hits shy of 3,000 in his career, which is, you know, the automatic get-in if you get to 3,000 hits in your career. But that's because he played for 24 years. He's a career 272 hitter with an OPS under 700. Under 700. He's a career 33 offensive war guy in 24 years. Defensively a Hall of Famer. Offensively not a Hall of Famer. If the conversation stopped there, I'd say on his defensive prowess and his raw accumulation of hits alone, he's got a bust in Cooperstown. But the conversation doesn't stop there. This past August, a lawsuit was filed against Vizquel, accusing him of sexually harassing a former Bat Boy when he was managing the Birmingham Barons in 2019. He was a minor league manager after his playing career. The language in the lawsuit accuses Vizquel of, quote, sexually aggressive behavior and at least five occasions of deliberate exposure to the young man. He was 25 years old. So I'm going to give you the character clause in the Baseball Writers Association of America's election rules from the Hall of Fame. This comes from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Quote, voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the teams on which the player played. I can't commemorate someone like that. It's a no for me because he so violates the character clause in the Baseball Hall of Fame's election rules. Like, he is not a good person. Same reason I'm going to say no to Kurt Schilling. Omar Vizquel should not be a Hall of Famer because he has tainted his life off the field. I think Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer, but I just don't think Omar Vizquel is a Hall of Famer. You know, and I thought it was a great point, the fact that you contextualize the amount of hits, 2,877, with the amount of years that he played. He never had, He never had above 200 hits once in his career. He slugged 352 for his career. He's Andrelton Simmons if Andrelton Simmons played 24 years in baseball. 
Yeah. He's an incredible defender. Can't get you into the Hall of Fame. And then you just add the character. Let's let's say you eliminate all character. Like he was the perfect, perfect citizen in his entire life. He's still not a Hall of Famer. I disagree. I think he is because like I don't think he is. But he's one of the best defensive players of all time. He's the second best defensive shortstop of all time. But the Hall of Fame is like the the more I go through this, I'm like it's so hard to get into. It is so hard to get into. Andrew Jones is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, even though I think you can make the argument that Andrew Jones might be a better all-time defender than Omar Vizquel. Maybe, maybe not, but he's in that conversation. But Andrew Jones had a prolific offensive career, 434 home runs. Like, he was just much better of an offensive player, and he's not just a direct line in. I, I don't think that even if he was perfectly clean that he would be a Hall of Famer. These... What number cuts it offensively? Like, not one number. Not one. Cuts it. Not one. Like, not even the 3,000 hit mark. Not one. I. He's not a Hall of Famer. <sighs> well, I, we're agreeing, but we're disagreeing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if he was just a model citizen, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just a defensive. I love defense. <laughs> like, you know, we, you know, we hit more than seven home runs once in a season. Yeah, but that, that doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't care about the power I, with a shortstop. I, I know, but that's, that's nuts. <laughs> like, he didn't hit more than seven home runs. He only hits more than seven home runs once, like in twenty-four seasons. Yeah. I don't know, but the thing is, if he rattled off like four seasons at 200 hits, I'd say, okay, yeah, boom, there we go. But he didn't. Like, he, he never did. had 200 hits in a season. I want to, did he, he hit three, over 300 once. Yeah, like, he is a career 272 hitter with a 336 OBP. He hit it over at 800 OPS once. Come on. Where is it? He had over one hundred runs. It's with the twice. glove, dude. So that's it. Like but I said, I, Simmons will might be a Hall of Famer though. We're just literally yelling at a brick wall because we both yeah. said no because of the I character know. issues. We could move on, but obviously we don't want to. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's because here's the thing: there's nobody that has ever played this game that was as good defensively and as bad offensively. <laughs> it's a unique conversation with Omar Vizquel, right? No, you're laughing, but <laughs> no, like, but it's just funny. No, I know, I know. It's funny. There's there's truth in comedy. That's why I'm laughing. Like it's 100%. It is, it's correct, and that's why it's funny. <laughs> I I think it's comedy and truth, right? There's comedy and truth. There's truth in comedy. Yeah, there's comedy and truth. Yeah, that doesn't there's comedy sense. and truth. Yeah, no, there's truth. Well, there is truth in comedy. Technically, <laughs> yes, there is. Um, no, I mean, like, Omar Vizquel is the worst of the best and the best of the worst. So he is – I think he's more the worst of the best. He is the worst hitter of the best defensive players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How about let's talk about a guy who was incredibly defensively and actually hit really well. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> His name is Scott Rowland. 
So Roland had a cup of coffee in the bigs as a 21-year-old before jumping into the limelight with a rookie of the year nod, finishing with 56 extra base hits and an 846 OPS. He followed that up with the season next, up with 76 extra base hits, a 923 OPS, a top 20 MVP finish, and a gold glove. He went on to be a seven-time All-Star and a World Series champion over 17 incredible seasons. Just talking about gold gloves for a second. Nobody has five gold gloves or more as a third baseman and is not in the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland has eight. Emphasis on phenomenal when it comes to his defense, which might explain his 70.1 war, which is higher than Manny Ramirez, Tony Gwynn, and Pudge Rodriguez, which puts him 10th all-time among third basemen. But let's get back to the plate, because that's the only reason he might not make the Hall of Fame, but it, but he should make the Hall of Fame. He was a great all-around hitter, 316 career home runs, over 2,000 hits, and his 162-game average for his career was 281, 364 on base percentage with a 490 slugging, 25 bombs, and 102 RBIs with a 122 OPS+. He's also a stand-up dude with no demons in the closet. Let Scott Rowland in the Hall of Fame already. Shout out Evansville, Indiana. Shout out Evansville, Indiana. And he's right now, I think he's at 53% of the vote. He's on his fifth year or sixth year on the ballot. I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know what the holdup is. He's a Hall of Famer. The he's a top 10 third baseman of all time. That, what are we talking the, about? The, the holdup is the voters. Um, and the holdup is the the talent that has been on some previous ballots, right? I mean, 2020, there was nobody inducted, which was bullshit, like total bullshit. Um, but Scott Rowland, I mean, he was he was a victim of Mariano Rivera appearing, appearing on the ballot and, and Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez and all these guys appearing on the ballot when he was on not there bad. too. So, <laughs> damn, you know, I, you're not going to get in when votes, you got all But you have 10 votes, Jack. Why are people know, voting for two or three? Nobody uses the 10 votes. I, I, it's ridiculous. Dude, Why not? listen, you, you, have you ask me that question I know. and I don't have an Why, answer Jack? for you. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get all of them on the pod. Let's do the same episode. Just stack them up. Ask them the same question. Like, let's ask every person with a ballot the same question. Why don't you vote for 10? And no then questions. just clip all those. No questions. No questions. I'm above yeah. the law. Sorry. No questions. God, I hate that. Um, Scott Rowland, sneaky, 6'4", 250. Yep. He was a tank. Stud. Scott Rowland was a stud. He gets my vote. No problem. He gets my vote. Um, I hope he gets in. Does he go in as a Philly or a Cardinal? That's such a good question. Um, Played 844 games with the Phillies, 661 with the Cardinals. I know I'm taking a long time to answer because I feel like this is a really tough question. I bet he goes in as a Philly. Yeah. So he came but up he with. Had, but he had some years with the Cardinals. Cardinals yeah, beat him. He's, yeah, he's got to go in as a Philly. Yeah. But, like, can't wear two hats, huh? Can't wear two hats. 
That was the Piazza conversation, right? Who does Piazza go in with? And he chose the Mets. Um, I, I always felt like he should have gone in with the Mets. And if you know what, Phillies, Phillies, Phillies. I agree, Phillies. Phillies. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about the average WAR for a Hall of Famer often, fifty to seventy. His career WAR seventy point one. There you go, above average for a Hall of Famer. Yeah, above I, average for a Hall of like not not like like he's just above average of the Hall of Famers. Derek yeah. Jeter had a seventy one point three career WAR. And I know maybe his defense was lackluster, and then the offense is what carried that. But Scott Rowland was just well-rounded. He was a phenomenal defender. He was a great hitter. Zero, maybe the cleanest guy on the ballot in terms of just being a stand-up dude. Like a great guy all around. And and the narrative around Scott Rowland is different than Derek Jeter. I mean, the narrative around Jeter being the captain of the Yankees, being that World Series hero, um, you know, you'd think that his career war is like 4,000. (laughs) <laughs> but it's only one win better than Scott Rowland. That's not to knock Derek Jeter. That is saying Scott Rowland should yeah. be considered a really, really good player because, you know, you look at the, the 70 career war, it was almost like 35 came on the offensive, 35 came on the defensive, and there we go. Like, And you were talking about Brooks Robinson earlier, who's like a crazy defender. I think he won 16 gold gloves in a row. 78 career war. He's one of the best of all time. Scott Rowland is in this conversation. Now, would you probably rather have Beltre? Arm and I were talking about this too. Would you rather have Beltre? Would you rather have a couple of these guys? I mean, Mike Schmidt's the goat. But Scott Rowland is a top 10 third baseman and of all time and should be in the Hall of Fame. That's what I got for you. I'm not making it too complicated. Scott Rowland and another guy kind of like Bobby Abreu. Maybe if Manny Ramirez doesn't get that vote this turnaround, Scott Rowland is getting my vote. But even with the steroid guys, like, he's up there. He's really up totally. there. He's totally up there. I like him. So, I re- and I, I like was watching too. some video, too. He's just, like, he's so sick. Like, he's, so, he's like he, Arenado, but, like, better? He was. We'll see, no, we'll see at was, the end of his career. Right, but he was Arenado before Arenado. Exactly. You know, it, I always had— Phenomenal defensively. I, I always had this fever dream um, that made me happy uh, of Scott Rowland and Troy Tulowitzki in the same infield. And then Arenado came along, but I was just like, if Rowland was the third baseman and Tulowitzki was the shortstop, like that is, you know, beat up old glove with the eye black. I mean, let's rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would I have think, been. Uh, I, I just think over 17 years, and the reason why I read his, his stat line was like 281 with a 364 on base, 25 bombs and 100 RBIs. You get that year in and year out as one of the best defenders in the sport. That's offense and defense, not the scale. Like that is, mm, that's a Hall of Famer. That's the difference. Like these guys are so good defensively. Maybe not quite to the scale, but phenomenal in their own right. And then they just blow the shit out of the scale in terms of offense. Dude, I never said that Vizquel was offense and defense. I don't know why you're coming at me like this. I'm more just coming at the idea of Omar Vizquel being a Hall of Famer if if the character clause didn't get implemented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or okay. no, if he was a perfect citizen. Right, right. Let's talk about Billy Wagner. Cool? Love him. Here's the list of predominant relievers that are in the Hall of Fame. So the guys that spent the overwhelming majority of their career as relievers that are in the Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera... Trevor Hoffman, Hoyt Wilhelm, Goose Gossage, Raleigh Fingers, Lee Smith, Bruce Souter. 
Of the 267 former players enshrined, there are seven relievers. I think Billy Wagner should be the eighth. He's got the sixth most saves in MLB history. He was a seven-time All-Star. He had two top six Cy Young finishes, which shows that he was overwhelmingly dominant. He had two years where he received MVP votes as a closer, and he struck out 11.9 guys per nine innings over the course of his career. His problem is innings accumulation. Billy Wagner and his 903 career innings would make him the third guy ever enshrined with under 1,000 innings of work. The other two are Hilton Smith and Leon Day, who both got in via the Veterans Committee. But I want you to think about when this guy racked up the accolades to even be considered for nomination. He played from 1995 to 2010. That was the steroid era, folks! These dudes juiced out of their freaking minds are getting 101 blown by their shoulders by 5'10 Billy Wagner. I think Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer. I'm going to go a step further. Billy Wagner is the second best reliever of all time. Wow. Better than Hoffman? Maybe not in terms of accumulation, just in terms of the total amount of saves, the number of years. But if I want a reliever in there... Outside of Mariano Rivera, to close out a ninth, it's Billy Wagner. I think so, too. Damn, so I think so, listen too. Listen to this. And listen to this. So in 2000, he had an ERA of 6.18 and six saves in 27 innings. He was, like, hurt that year. We're going to discount that. Never an ERA above 2.85 in any season. He was so fucking good. So good. Year My in, thing with Billy year out, right. till the end of his career, 2010, his last year with the Braves, 37 saves with a 1-4-3 ERA, 104 strikeouts in 69 innings. His last year, dude. What the hell? This guy, like, he was, you know, if you were too small, if you were in Little League and you were too small and you wanted to be a pitcher, you know, if you were built like Jack Leiter or Marcus Stroman right now, mm-hmm. you're growing up and you're watching Billy Wagner, 5'10", roll out of the pen. He was a skinny 5'10", too. It's not like he was built like a bulldozing running back, 5'10", 220 or anything like Trevor Rosenthal was built. I'm talking 5'10", 180, Billy Wagner. He just looked like a random dude you plucked out of the stands and threw a jersey on him, and then 101's coming at your face. Yep. He was... He was the baddest motherfucker alive when we got to the ninth inning. In the steroid era. Think about that. I mean, you've got guys. That's why. Right? You've got guys with forearms like Popeye. Sorry. You've got guys with forearms like Popeye coming up. And and there are globs of chaw just coming out of their mouth. It feels like a scene from Angels in the Outfield, right? When just the burly man is coming up to the plate. And you've got this little jabron on the hill. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, you have no idea what's coming right now. And then it just jumps on you. The way that he commanded a game mentally in the ninth inning is unlike anything people have seen aside from Rivera and Hoffman in recent memory. So we ranked our top five favorite players of all time on JustBaseball.com. You can hear, listen to the reasoning. Not listen. You can read our reasoning on JustBaseball.com. And Pedro Martinez made my top five. 
And the reason why I think Pedro Martinez is the greatest pitcher of all time was not only do his general statistics stack up with the greats, but he was doing it in the hardest era to pitch in in Major League history when you think about the steroid era. So that's why for me, Pedro Martinez is the GOAT of pitching. Billy Wagner is in that same exact boat. The greatest, not the greatest, the second greatest reliever of all time. And in terms of just straight dominance, there were times where, uh, no, no, not better Mo. No, I was going to maybe try and wrap, not better no, Mo. Come just, on now. But besides Mo, <laughs> this is the dude, Billy Wagner, throwing right here, right in the, right in the socket, right in your ear. Like a catcher, like a piss missile from home to second base, except it's on the mound from a 5'10 lefty, and then he adds in the wipeout slider. He was a dog. Freaking dog. It, it makes me smile ear to ear just hearing you say that because, like, that was a guy that you— he was appointment television, and I think that the Hall of Fame, like, if I had a ballot, I would be voting on guys that I thought were appointment television. That's, that's the case, right? That's, that's the greatest of all time argument there. I got to watch Alabama football. I'm going to be pissed if I don't see a Bama game because I got to see Nick Saban at work. I just watched mm-hmm. LeBron play the Bulls last night because I got to see LeBron at work. I got to see Kevin Durant at work. I've got to see Brady at work on Sunday night, even though he sucked. Like, that's the thing. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. watching Billy Wagner, you knew it at the end of his career. When Billy Wagner was a Met, you said, I'm seeing something right now that doesn't come around too often. And, and that thought alone is enough for me to give you consideration. And 903 innings, it's not enough for anybody but Billy Wagner. Exactly. Like You have to be one of the greatest relievers of all time. And he is. And you just called him? The second best reliever of all time. Wow. And, and now you could make the argument for Hoffman. You could. And I yeah. get that. But. I like Billy. I like Billy more. Andy Pettit. So Andy Pettit actually apologized and fessed up to taking steroids. Is that better than lying? Yes, absolutely. Does it make it okay? Like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) But the steroid conversation kind of convolutes everything, so let's just talk about his career. Pettit debuted as a 23-year-old with the Yankees, finishing third in Rookie of the Year voting. He followed that up with a second-place finish in Cy Young voting in 1996. For the next 13 seasons between the Yankees and the Astros, he threw at least 200 innings. In 10 of those seasons, finishing top six in Cy Young voting, Six times and added three all-star appearances. But he finished with a 3.85 career ERA and a career ERA plus of 117. Which is not going to cut it. Andy Pettit and Cole Hamels are pretty much in the same boat. They were never the best pitcher in baseball or had an incredibly dominant peak, but both have a very respectable war that sits near 60. Pettit should not make the Hall of Fame, but what nobody can take from him are his five World Series rings, and only seven pitchers in MLB history can say the same. That's crazy. Five rings, baby. Five rings. That's sick. That's 
the pedigree, the postseason. But, like, he took steroids, like, definitely. And then even with steroids, like, you have to be above and beyond. And he wasn't above and beyond. He was a very solid pitcher. Yeah. When you think about Pettit, what do you think of? I think about a guy who was incredibly steady. The 200 innings thing was a workhorse. You could always rely on a, on an above average, a great start from Andy Pettit. But he yeah. wasn't Roger Clemens. Like, he wasn't even CeCe Sabathia at his peak. Like, he right. wasn't the, we need a game, get Andy Pettit in there. And I think to make the Hall of Fame, you need to be that. Because it's the MLB Hall of Fame. These are the greatest players in history. Hall of very good. He just wasn't. You think, um, tell me if this comp is just crazy. Um, I view Andy Pettit as if everything went right for John Lester for 15 years. Yeah. And that's kind of why I mentioned Cole Hamels. Because in the Phillies days, you know, it was Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, those guys. And then you had Cole Hamels, who was great. Like, he was your three. And then there were seasons yeah. where Cole Hamels really was that guy, and the postseason, similar to Andy Pettit, you know, it keeps their name in the limelight, and it maybe makes you think they were a little bit better than you are, but the proof is in the pudding. Like a 3.85 yeah. career ERA, and then you contextualize that to ERA plus, 117. Like, he was 17% better than average. I think that's exactly what he was. An above yeah. average, really solid pitcher who was great in the playoffs, and but not a Hall of Famer, which is okay because he still is. He'll be a Yankee Hall of Famer. Actually, will he be a Yankee Hall of Famer? I don't, I don't think he'll be a Yankee Hall of Famer. So, I don't know. I, I, I just don't, I don't have much more to say. Like I don't I don't want to ba- I don't want to go into more about, you know bashing him more. Like I I think he was a really Good guy. Yeah. Um, that did steroids. Uh, that did steroids. <laughs> <laughs> really good guy did steroids. Yeah, um, yeah I, I just view Andy Pettit and John Lester in similar lights. Like, they were going to be the proven winner in the two on a World Series winning team. They, Like, Lester, I understand that he was the one for a couple of World Series winning teams. And, and Pettit could have been if he was given the opportunity, but he never needed that opportunity. And, like... He didn't jump at the idea of being an ace. I don't think he was ever a true ace. And Lester, at the peak of his powers, he was never a top-five pitcher in baseball. I don't think Lester was ever that. He could have been. Like, the argument was there. The argument was also there for Pettit. But Pettit was never in the number one conversation. Lester was never in the number one conversation. And we know how often the number one and number two conversation changes all the time. And for Pettit and Lester not to be there, you know, that, that just shows you that they weren't First ballot Hall of Famer, boom. By the way, Lester didn't do steroids, Pettit did. So, like, I think that just eliminates Andy Pettit for me. And Andy Pettit also, to that point, he finished second in AL Cy Young voting in that 1996 season when he was 24 years old. And he actually had a couple better seasons, but he did go 21-8 and eight that year. But, like, the ERA was 3-8. It was just... It was looking at the amount of wins that he had with the Yankees, and that's what they were voting on at the time. And that's why sometimes even the accolades, it's like when you actually look at the numbers, like he wouldn't have finished there in today's game 
because it's just the reality of the fact that he kind of gave up a lot of runs, but he was on a Yankees dynasty team that had Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada, like just so many elite guys that got him to 21 wins. Yeah. Just, it can't hey, be all of Famer. Shout out San Jack, San Jacinto College in Texas. That's a Juco power. Yeah. Jackson right. Rutledge went there. We love Rutledge. Got Uber stuff in the national system. Uh-huh. Andy Pettit, San Jack alum. Brandon Belt, San Jack alum. Roger Clemens, San Jack alum. Two San Jack guys. That's a good transition. Let's get into it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Roger Clemens. Here we go. He's got the third most strikeouts all time behind Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson. His 138 pitching war is third highest all time behind Cy Young and Walter Johnson. His 354 wins are top 10 all time. His seven Cy Youngs are the most in MLB history. That's two more than Randy Johnson. That's three more than Steve Carlton and Greg Maddox. His first Cy Young came at 23 years old. His last came at 41 years old. The argument can be made that Roger Clemens is the greatest pitcher of all time. Seven ERA titles, an MVP, two pitching triple crowns, two World Series championships. He checks every single box needed for induction and immortality except the honesty box. Clemens's name was in the Mitchell Report 82 times in 2007, oh. accusing him of using anabolic steroids. His name was brought up by his former trainer. Jose Canseco is on record saying that Clemens used steroids. Clemens obviously denied all this. Problem here is he denied these claims under oath before the U.S. Congress. In 2010, a federal grand jury indicted him on felony counts of perjury, contempt of Congress, and other charges. He obviously pled not guilty. The process led to a mistrial. Two years later, he was found not guilty on all six counts of lying to Congress. What do you want to do? Do you want me to bring up the character clause again? I can read it for you. I read it for Viscell. I'll read it here for Roger Clements. Quote, Voting shall be based upon the player's record, playing ability, integrity, sportsmanship, character, and contributions to the teams on which the player played. Player's record. Amazing. Playing ability. Second to none, probably, on the mound. Integrity. In the dumps. Sportsmanship. I don't know. Don't really care, to be honest. Character. In the dumps. He had to go through federal juries. And contributions to the team on which the player played. He passes that with flying colors. Do we ignore that just because the numbers are so unbelievably, stupidly, absurdly, fantastically outstanding? That's the big question. My thoughts. I sent this text to a friend. Here we go. Here's my line on steroid users in the Hall of Fame. If you were clean with your numbers, are you a first ballot Hall of Famer? If the answer is yes, then you get in. If you are clean with your numbers, are you a first ballot Hall of Famer? If the answer is maybe or no, then you don't get in. Roger Clemens 
if he was clean with the numbers that he put up, is a unanimous Hall of Famer on the first ballot. He was not clean. He, even though proven not guilty, we could pretty clearly say lied to Congress. How do you deal with it? My answer is he's a Hall of Famer. That was sick. Um, he's a he's a Hall of Famer, and my only thing with that argument, like I, because we just don't know how the steroids affected each person. We don't know exactly when they started taking it. I have to let them all in or all none of them. I cannot play this game, and I respect your opinion on that. Like I don't, it's not a wrong opinion in any sense of the imagination. It's like all. It's all up for your interpretation. That's why it's our vote. Roger Clemens' career is so nuts. It's stupidly nuts. He was so good. And I knew he was good. Clearly. But when you said 138 career pitching war, I almost threw up. You think about that. You think about the names you hear, and they send shivers down your spine. You think about career strikeouts. Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, full stop. You think about pitching war. Cy Young, Walter Johnson, Roger Clemens, full stop. Won seven Cy Youngs. Seven. And I think... So we just talked about Roger Clemens in comparison to a lot of other guys who you could make the argument either way. Like I think, for example, like Scott Rowland should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Bobby Abreu has an outside shot. But then when you talk about the guys like Roger Clemens, when you're talking about other guys who should make it, and Scott Rowland in his 70 career war was phenomenal, and then you have 138 almost double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Foolish Baseball had a pretty funny tweet. Last week, maybe two weeks ago. He's great. Uh, I love that dude. He's he's hilarious, Bailey. He's hilarious. And he said, I love the Hall of Fame conversation because people are arguing about Bonds and Clemens <laughs> like we have to look at their playing credentials. I haven't heard one person say, maybe Barry Bonds wasn't a good enough player to get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Roger Clemens, if anybody says, I don't know about the numbers, then like, they should get checked. He's got the best numbers of all time, uh, of any pitcher. I mean, if you look at strikeouts, Nolan Ryan's the gold standard, but Clemens has a better ERA. Clemens has more pitching war. Like, I mean, he's got more strikeouts and more Cy Young. I mean, the Cy Young Award is named after Cy Young, but he's got he's got more strikeouts and more ERA titles than than the two guys that are above him in pitching war. I mean, like, the argument's totally there that he's the greatest pitcher of all time, but he's never going to be known as the greatest pitcher of all time because he juiced. Is that the only thing being taken away from him, or is the Hall of Fame being taken away from him? I'd vote for him, if that's any consolation. His 1990 season was so crazy. He's got some seasons where you're just like, God. Dude, I mean, like Barry Bonds, 1-9-3 ERA, finished 21-6, 228 innings pitched. With a 1.08 whip. 
he was unhittable from 1986 to 1992 with the Red Sox. He was as good as it gets. And then he had a little bit of a blip in 1993, but then he's right back at it in 94 with a 285 ERA before it, the season got cut off. And then he goes to the Blue Jays, and he is elite, elite. In 1997, 2.05 ERA. He went 21-7, struck out 292 batters in 264 innings. You just don't get that amount of innings from any pitcher ever anymore. And then he follows that up the next season with a 20-6 and record, 265 ERA, 234 innings pitch, and 271 strikeouts. Then he goes to the Yankees, and he's still so good. And then he ends with Houston in 2005. Remember, he started in 1984. 187 ERA in 211 innings. He's a Hall of Famer. Sorry. He had an ERA plus better than 210 three times in his Dude. career. Three times. He was 110 percent better. Mariano Rivera's career ERA plus is 205 as a reliever. And Roger Clemens, I know he took steroids, but he was also pitching to guys who took steroids. I want to watch the. I want to watch every Clemens versus Bonds matchup ever. Happen, ever that, that has ever happened. I just want to sit I, down and binge it. I think one of the greatest matchups of all time was Eric Gagne versus Barry Bonds. Remember that? Remember that game where Barry Bonds hit that home run off Eric Gagne? I think it was in an All Star game. It was something. Might have no. It might have been no. It was just Dodgers Giants. Yeah. It was at AT and T. Yeah. Yeah, AT and T, where he hit that home run. It was Eric Gagne just. Chewed up, thrown 101. I think he won the Cy Young that year or finished second in Cy Young voting as a reliever against Barry Bonds, who was also just juiced up. These guys looked like Tonka trucks running. It was, an, it was an immovable object versus a speeding bullet. God. I got to take a nap. I'm like, oh god, too much iced coffee and Roger Clemens talk is like making my yeah. skin tingle. <laughs> getting getting this juiced up, talking about guys that are juiced up, <laughs> makes me just want to crash so hard. We should take Every steroids link. for these pods. Oh, true. That would actually be a good idea. Nobody's going to test us for this. And if we apologize for it, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, our name is not going to come up in any report eighty-two times, so we're good. That's a eighty-two times. times in the Mitchell report. How? Every link you need is in the episode description. Uh, we will not put the uh, Just Baseball merch link in the episode description 82 times. We will not. But get your not gambling advice at shirt for the holidays because your boy's on a heater. Bears plus seven. Plain bathroom picks Tuesday on at Just Gridiron Fans. Coming tomorrow. And thank you, everybody.